The views and opinions expressed on the podcasting couch are solely those of the contributors and do not reflect those of our other guests, sponsors, or distributors. Appearances on this podcast should not be viewed as an endorsement of any other guest, past or future. Coming to you via the magic of the internet, it is episode 37 of the Podcasting Couch, a podcast in which I, your host, Chris Carlson, sit down with content creators and discuss their lives, inspirations, methodology, and anything else that may come up during the conversation. My guest this week is Jesse Dollimore, host of I Doubt It with Dollimore, a show where hosts Jesse and Brittany discuss today's hottest topics, skeptically cracking wise with irreverence and disregard for convention. This week, we discussed voting third party, how no political ideologies work fully, and how we act with even one layer of anonymity, and more. Now, music this week is provided by Seconds Away. The song is called Dead Wrong. Founded in 2012, the Jacksonville, Florida-based group Seconds Away are gaining listeners in droves. Influenced by Breaking Benjamin, Deftones, Nine Inch Nails, Linkin Park, Brand New, Tool, Seven Dust, Stone Sour, and similar artists of the age, Seconds Away have developed a sought-after sound unlike any other. We're going to listen to Dead Wrong and then jump right into my conversation with Jesse. This is the Podcasting Couch. We'll be right back.
um, for any any show that has more than one host, and that is um, how you and your co-host met each other, and and from there, kind of how you decided to start the podcast. Well, Brittany and I have known each other for um, wow, um, well over a decade. We we met in in your in your neck of the woods there in Boise, and she moved out here for for college. She went to she got her undergrad at Cal State Fullerton, and then went on to get her master's in clinical psychology there as well. And I decided <laughs> I wrote a screenplay, um, a super famous movie nobody's ever heard of because it wasn't made. <laughs> <laughs> And I, uh, I decided to move out here, too. Um, we, well, I don't know, three years later, had been, we'd been talking about it for a long time, about uh, starting a podcast, and we just decided one day, everything's kind of a blur because it just happened. We just decided to do it, and I went and bought the equipment that was necessary, which was uh, very rudimentary at the time, um, compared to what we have now, anyway. And... Uh, we just did it. We just we didn't really plan a whole bunch. We 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 threw together a, like three topics we would address on a, on our first episode. We didn't do any any pre-production episodes where we test. Or we didn't do any of that. We just jumped <laughs> right into it. And uh for the first, I don't know, 15 20 episodes, 30 episodes, uh, under 30. 30 was about the mark where we started making some traction. Um it turned into something that we could lean on not that moment but we we realized huh this might be something so it has been good and uh i think that the dynamic that she and i share is uh i don't know how unique it is but it certainly uh, is marketable it works pretty well i i personally enjoy it i um am a a regular listener um and oh, uh, thank you very much yeah and I, i'm wondering um because i know I, I think I can probably trace it back to an exact moment for myself. And I'm curious um, what, uh, if, if it's a, a, always been a general interest or if there was kind of an inciting moment that, um, that sparked your interest in politics in the first place. Cause um, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, definitely something that's not for everybody. Um, we all have those friends who are tired of, of listening to us talk about it. And, yeah, for um, sure. And so I'm curious what what sparked your interest about politics or or to get in involved in politics. You know, it wasn't really um it wasn't really a choice I, I don't think. I uh politics is a lot like religion where you're kind of no one's born a Christian or born a Muslim. Uh you're you're indoctrinated into that. That's something you're raised with and then you become that. And politics is a lot of the same way. My parents, my mom was very political. And I remember, and again, this is in your neck of the woods, you know, being me being an Idaho kid, I was in front of West Junior High on Midland Road in Nampa, Idaho. <laughs> and I was listening to some radio station my mom had on talking about the, the peril of our economy and Jimmy Carter. And I was like five or six years old. And... He had been out of he was already out of office. I guess I would have been six. And I remember thinking, this is fascinating. This is so interesting <laughs> to me. And I wasn't even like super smart kid, like a, a savant. I just it, it struck me as something that was interesting. And ever since then, I have been 
in it. Now, over the course of the past decade or so i've kind of shifted now i'm more (laughs) more more liberal i still consider myself a a centrist and a free thinker but i'm far more liberal than i used to be i'm uh, a recovering republican and i mean i voted for george w bush twice and only one of the times i'm really embarrassed about i didn't vote vote for obama either time and uh you know it's I, i worked on capitol hill for the senate even then i was a republican it's you know it's it's uh, something i was raised with my mom was a uh still big in the republican party in idaho and also uh she was a trump delegate at the convention in cleveland oh wow um so i'm curious about that i find that uh that shift kind of fascinating because i know a lot of people tend to kind of dig their heels in on where they where they stand um i think it's really difficult to admit uh if maybe like the 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 group that you've kind of identified with is maybe not a group that you agree with anymore and it's kind of hard to admit that sometimes um and so i'm i'm curious how how that shift happened like where what at what point you started seeing maybe this these ideas aren't quite the ideas that i have and and kind of how that how that shift took place and and over like what period of time yeah um it's a great question and it's one that i still struggle with all the time um it's i look at it like this well first of all we've had conversations on the show we've had listeners ask us like when's the last time you changed your mind about something and for me the the last time that i can really remember like oh that that that's not the way i feel anymore it's about trickle down economics um supply side economics reaganomics if you will and i used to be a die hard um considered that the way of the world and then i watched the the unabashed experiment with unfettered trickle down economics in kansas with governor sound brombach and realized yikes that shit doesn't work that that is a (laughs) unmitigated failure Mm -hmm. and so i guess the shift is it's partly that's not who i am and not what i believe anymore but a lot of it is it is still who i am a lot of the things that i believe i i'm a lover of people and if your functional ideology isn't functional if it's not working because you believe like, for instance, libertarianism. And I'm a guy, and I might be rambling here, but I'm a guy who, I romanticize libertarianism. I think it, it would be wonderful if we lived in this utopian existence where everybody was, uh, was their own man or woman and could stand on their own two feet, having nothing of their past reflect on who they are and their future, and uh, was responsible and was not any it was not needy of anything of the government well that's not the the, the world in which we live mm-hmm. so w- when republicans talk about the free market will take care of it or capitalism unfettered capitalism is great because the market will work itself out none of that is those are all great sayings and they make for great buzzwords and lines but in an actual society in an actual civilization where you want shit to work that doesn't work we have to make exceptions and allotments for people who don't have it as well as others and i'm not talking about like the redistribution of wealth um uh, wholesale i'm just talking about 
giving people the 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 hand up who didn't have it as good as you um, to level the playing field. Right. I think that's that's one of the problems with I think any any ideology fully realized any political ideology it kind of seems um is is that on paper they all sound great you know yeah you, sure you talk about like you said libertarianism uh as someone who also very much values personal freedoms it sounds great on paper until you start putting it into place and you're like oh well now anybody who's born into an economically disadvantaged state is pretty much fucked um in in full on libertarianism and then you know you see in for instance with with the 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 left-leaning you know ideas a lot of it is trading away a lot of personal freedoms in exchange for um you know we we look at like the um the obama administration and, and a lot of the surveillance that happened with that um and i mean i guess you could trace that back to 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 bush as well with the with the patriot act but i i think um it was even before that with uh, um, Prism and the different things that Bill Clinton was doing relative to the NSA. It's it's a long time in the making to get us where we are today. On both sides, have made some pretty major mistakes. Right, right, and I think um, you know I think this 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 last election, for instance, is kind of. Um, represented a, a big shift in my personal uh politics as well you know i was um growing up we were we were democrats um and that was that uh we we didn't really think too much about it we 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 we, we supported democrats and that was that was that so I, I grew up thinking yeah it's it's all about the democratic party that's the way that you should go that's the way any decent person should be voting and then this last election kind of made me have to go back and look back and go well maybe you know some of the things that president obama did weren't the best things um his kind of aggressive uh immigration stance was maybe not quite leaning up with the kind of beliefs that i hold personally um his uh kind of letting the banks off pretty easy not the best thing um for the people and so i i think it's it's it is very difficult to have to look back and go well maybe these things that i believe aren't totally true or, or maybe these these people that i and a lot of us tend to idealize are not necessarily deserving of that idolatry in a way. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think that I think that it's more it's more of, of the the people, not your ideologies, because there's a lot of things that I still have to um, criticize about Barack Obama. That you know, one, I'm a new Democrat. I, I, I registered as a Democrat on Wednesday, November 9th of 2016, the day after Donald Trump was elected. Up to that point, for years, I was a no party preference guy, just an independent, mm-hmm. and. The reason I switched parties was because now is the time that we have to take a stand. That, I mean, it, it really is taking sides time, and I am against Donald Trump, decidedly against Donald Trump. But I still have lots of criticisms for Barack Obama. His seeming um, glee with which he used drones in the Middle East, which only inflamed, I think, the problems that we're facing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, killing... Um, U.S. citizens abroad via drone, you know, they might be um, terrorists, but they're still 
American citizens who should be afforded um, the rights and privileges that come uh, along with that, which I believe is still it's something special. And you don't get to just gun somebody down. That's an assassination. You capture them, you bring them back, and you hold them to justice. You don't fucking kill them with a drone. Right. Um, and many other things. You know, I think that the, the Obamacare rollout uh, was a disaster. I think Obamacare needs to be fixed. It, uh, repeal is, is ridiculous. But, you know, anyway, so I have lots of complaints. I have lots of problems. I'm not just a rah-rah Democrat guy. Right. Um, th- there are, you know, I pick them. I, I, I pick as, as I seize them. If somebody's got a fucking problem, Al Franken, for instance, right now, I'm calling for his, um, his res- he needs to resign. John Conyers needs to resign. If you're a sexual predator in this day and age, you're a sexual harasser. There is no place for that in a civilized society, and we're not going to protect you anymore, or we shouldn't. So I'm, I'm still an equal opportunity bullshit caller outer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, um, you know, the interesting thing is, um, I think, and I was, you know, during the, during the primaries, I was a pretty pretty hard in the wool for, for Bernie. And... Um, you know when when the when the primary was over there was a short period of time where i was like well i'm just going to i i'm either i i you know there was a while where i was like i can't i can't get behind hillary um you know the but it, it it was in retrospect looking back you know a bit silly um the kind of things that i was hung up about um when when you look at the two options um Obviously, I wasn't going to vote for Trump, but I was thinking, you know, maybe, right, maybe right. I'll throw Jill Stein a vote um, to to prove a point. You know that that this this wishy washy corporatist bullshit that the Democrats seem to be pushing is, is not the will of of most people. I mean, you could argue that you know Hillary did win the 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 primary. Um, but I, I just, for a long time, I was having trouble reconciling that vote, um, you know, and, and by the end of it, I did vote for Hillary, um, I swallowed my pride and, and did what I thought was, was best for the country, which was to vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, but it, it, I think, you know, the, the, the primary was one of the first ones that I've noticed since I've been involved in, you know, involved and interested in politics one of the first primaries that was really big, you know, and and got the kind of coverage that it did, um, where a lot of people who were not normally involved in politics were getting interested in and, and engaged in politics. And I think it's good that we have this push against the Democratic Party now, um, where people such as myself were, like I said, very much blind supporters of the party. Um, and I think you know, figures like Bernie Sanders have 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 caused a lot of Democrats to have to step back and go, "Well, wait a second now, I don't know about all of this stuff." Um, well, they certainly it's a broken machine that acted um, horribly unscrupulously, um, putting their thumb on the for just the whole entire practice of superdelegates is a goddamn farce. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. I supported Bernie only out of lack of choices. Um, his his weakness in foreign policy was a big time bummer for me. 
but I kind of chalked it up or, you know, I was able to make it palatable accepting the fact that he was going to buttress those those weaknesses with strong choices for the defense department and the state department you know exactly kind of i mean maybe not the same types of choices but in the same way that george w bush did right now i'm not a fan of hillary clinton i think she was a terrible candidate from the get-go i think that she is also unscrupulous i think she's also unethical i think she's she expected the election to be hers she was she was the heir apparent it was her turn and none of that was fucking true you have to earn it you have to earn the respect and the vote of the american people it shouldn't be just given to you because you're a a former first lady and a carpetbagger from new york state you know the the state that just happened to have daniel patrick moynihan leaving office and you could take it um so i'm not a fan of hillary clinton it bummed me out i held my nose and voted for Hillary because of the clear and present danger that I foresaw Trump to be. And now, you know, I'm, I talk about it on my show about tooting my own horn. And uh, although I was wrong the entire time about Trump and how he would perform and he wouldn't run and then he wouldn't win a primary and then he wouldn't get elected, I was wrong the whole time. The one thing that, that, that I was steadfast correct about was that he was going to be a fucking disaster. And that is exactly what he is. Yeah, you know, I think um, a, a lot of, uh, and, and this is something that I need to, I don't know if it's something I need to work on or not. Um, I don't know necessarily if it's strong beliefs or just being a dick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've been getting into like, arguments with friends even still about the election because i have i have friends who voted for jill stein and friends who voted for gary johnson because they said i just can't support hillary clinton and i could never support hillary clinton and you know i've gotten to the point where i've been saying things like well i'm sure that the people who are going to starve because uh food stamps are going to be cut they they appreciate that you feel good about yourself yeah you know i hope that you you sleep pretty well at night knowing that you voted your conscience um good on you and and uh you know maybe that's not necessarily the the best way to be um but i think i don't think it's it depends on where these people live whether that argument holds water if they're friends in it, Idaho, eh, it doesn't necessarily work that way. I know. But if they were in a swing are. state, because <laughs> I freaked out. I freaked out a lot about people who voted that way in a swing state. And like we had listeners who would, you know, because I, again, I romanticized libertarianism and liked Gary Johnson all the way up until he pulled his Aleppo. Uh, what's that? I'm running for president and don't know about a fucking fiery hotspot on the global stage right now. Well, for me. He wasn't ready for prime time. That did it for me. He's done. And Mm -hmm. um, I said on the show, listen, afterward, if you voted for Gary Johnson or Jill Stein and you live in a swing state, fuck you, because you are partly responsible for the election of Donald Trump. He only won nationally by 77,000 votes or so. Right. Every vote counted in a state like Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania. All of those states mattered. And... They Hillary needed every single vote and it wasn't necessarily a vote for Hillary Clinton. Now we're just rehashing history. It was a vote for Donald Trump. If you voted for anybody else, but Hillary. Exactly. And, and, you know, we, um, 
and and it it is you know there are people here in Idaho where it vote doesn't necessarily count, but I I I think I'm I'm still of the mindset that there's still a a symbology behind your vote because because like you said you know i i live in idaho i could have easily still gone oh i'll just vote for jill stein and then i'll feel good about myself because it doesn't matter anyway um but i i could not with a clear conscience go well i didn't do everything that i personally could do to stop donald trump from getting elected and so that's why I, I i think that's why i feel so strongly about it um even in these states that are not swing states at all even in these yeah, states I, where I, it didn't chris, matter chris i i would say this to you um <laughs> i'd pull your punches a little bit with those friends in idaho because it did not matter their vote didn't take food stamps out of a, a starving kid's mouth it just didn't um, it is one of the reasons, though, that I advocate for getting rid of the Electoral College. And it's not just because uh, it would benefit Democrats at all. It's because, like here in California, if you're a Republican, your fucking vote doesn't matter at all. Not in the slightest. Republicans in California should also be advocating for that. Republicans in New York, they should all be saying, yeah, fuck this. Our vote doesn't matter. We want, we want to do away with it, too. Well, my other big thing that I think about, um, and, and, and I think this is something that I, you know, admittedly would have to look more into. Um, but when I hear that, you know, people saying that, oh, the if we did away with the Electoral College, it would it would benefit Democrats more. So fucking what? If that is the will of the people, if the yes, majority sir. of people are voting for Democrats and that's just how it shakes out. Tough shit to be a Republican. Um, you know, how, uh, how many of the last, uh, you know, of the, of all the most recent elections in the last, you know, two decades, how many of them have been legitimately won by Republicans? And, and, and so if you can look at a system where the party that's winning half the time is not winning the vote of the people, but is winning the vote of, a system and they technically won i don't want someone to technically be the president well it just means it just means technically we're not a democracy is what it means Mm -hmm. exactly And, and and the i think the great irony of it is um you know a lot of people point to the 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 writings of the founding fathers that the whole point of the electoral college was so that a demagogue could not get into office so that you would have a group of responsible people who, and and you can have conversations about whether or not that's ethical as well. And whether or not a group of people should be overriding the will of, of the American public, but just going off of what the founding fathers wrote and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, they had written that this was what the electoral college was for is that they believed that the general populace was not intelligent enough to make these decisions. Well, and they, if it, it, it came down to it, there would be somebody, right. a failsafe to override the will was, of the people. It was also just a general technology issue that when, when the polls closed at 8, uh, 8 p.m., you didn't have the vote count at 8.10 like you do now. You, then you had to have fucking dudes get on their horse ride a 10-day ride to the capital go cast there there was a lot of other issues that came into why an electoral college would have been a good idea and it just doesn't apply anymore it just simply doesn't apply one person should have one vote and that's the way it is you see these maps where 
California is huge. New York is huge. Texas is huge. And then Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, all these, you know, all the, the, the middle states, South Carolina or South Dakota, North Dakota, um, they're all tiny, tiny, tiny fractions of the size. And it's tried to illustrate of this is why we need the Electoral College, because these states won't matter. Yeah, they will matter. But no one fucking lives there. Mm-hmm. Within, within a mile of where I live, there are more people than, than your entire state, than my home state of Idaho. I live in Orange County, California. Right. And, that's, and- come on, man. That's... <laughs> The, 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 the area where I live is just as important as Idaho, and Idaho is just as important. The landmass doesn't fucking matter. It's each individual human being who votes. I, I could not agree more. Um, and, and for that reason, I want to take a hard shift to, um, to, to something else that I wanted to talk about, because um, I think, you know, I, I have this problem where if I invite guests that I mostly agree on, we either end up, A, uh, discussing some tiny minutia of, right. of differences. Or it's, just a long, a long di- or it's just a long distance circle jerk. That's what I was about to say, you know or it ends up just yeah. being a, a long circle jerk, and nobody cares about either of those things. So, That's right. Um, I so, want to so shift I- the conversation over a little bit. Um, so you do the podcast, and you also have um, a YouTube channel, and and I'm curious. Um, you know, I, I'd imagine that those two audiences tend to be, um, while there can be some overlap in audience, I think the the audiences looking at them as as distinct groups. I, I I feel like there would be big differences in in the kind of engagement that your audiences have. Um, I know personally, you know, I feel like podcasts feel a lot more intimate for some reason than a, than a video does. Even though you've got that extra element of of, of a visual, I I think YouTube feels a lot more removed from your your content creators that you're consuming than a podcast. And I'm curious what your experience has been in those two realms. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Well, first of all, there's no cross-pollination between... I mean, there's no automatic cross-pollination between social networks. I've only got about 3,000 people that follow me on Twitter, and I've got almost 60,000 subscribers on YouTube, which isn't a lot, but it's tremendous amount more than, than my Twitter followers. And then on Facebook, the podcast Facebook page uh, only has like 10,000. So I, it's, it's stupid. It's goofy. Um, that was an un- unasked question that you got a little <laughs> a little nugget there, but um, yeah, I-, I do see that because even I can only speak for myself, but for my YouTube videos, it's scripted. I sit down and write, you know, a four or five hundred word thing that I want to say, and then I I sit here. I'm in my home studio here, and I I sit and I record and do the thing, and I edit it. So it takes a lot of time. It takes hours to do a three and a half minute video, probably. It very well could take three, four, five hours to do just because the, all the time that's involved. So I want to make sure everything is right, where on my twice weekly podcast, it is a lot more unscripted. If you've listened to it, you said, you, you, you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot more intimate. Um, I say things I'm a lot more radical on the podcast <laughs> than I am in my YouTube videos. And I've thought about this. It's a great question because I've thought about this before. Am I hesitant to say some of the things that I say 
on the YouTube channel because my face is attached to it? Or is it just a, a matter of that time thing? And I want to be very concise with what I say because I can't, to do a retraction takes another several hours. I, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. But there is certainly a, it is a difference in format. And while I enjoy YouTube and the exposure I get from my videos being shared by another group on um, Facebook, um, I really, really enjoy the podcast uh, medium a lot. I, I can also imagine that the the uh, the feedback uh, in the two is is quite different. I, I know uh, <laughs> yeah. YouTube comments are cancer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I can never. I don't think I can get through. I don't think I've found any video yet on YouTube where there's not somebody in there just being a dick about either you know race or sexuality or a mix of the two um in in videos that and and topics that have nothing to do with any of it and yeah you know i I wonder we we, i wonder what we could have done different if, if we were to go back in time and redo the internet if there was a way we could change the culture of commenting or if it's just innately in us to be fuckers because comment sections all over the web i mean youtube especially but comment sections all over the web are just fucking pernicious and vile we we do a bit on the show every once in a while where we read food network facebook page comments and they're fucking assholes man it, it is <laughs> they're oh i hate reed drummond that what the, she's like the cowboy lady what's what's her name the reed, reed drummond but she's the the pioneer lady or whatever she is uh, the pioneer something and ah oh, she did salad on a stick what a bitch like they go crazy <laughs> about a recipe so hey listen maybe people take their salads really seriously <laughs> okay yeah they do pioneer <laughs> woman that's her name the pioneer woman oh. um i don't know man it, it's very weird but certainly youtube is this is a britney goes through and reads the comments and um they bother her way more than they they don't bother me at all i'm just it's what you know call me a, a fat gingered cuck or whatever i fuck whatever um question my americanism question my service in the military <laughs> whatever man i'm who i am i'm pretty secure <laughs> secure in it uh, if i wasn't i, I probably that. wouldn't put my stupid face on the youtube so yeah i, I think um going back to and i think this can lead to a, a bit of an interesting discussion um I think where a lot of the the comments section, as it was, becomes so terrible is uh, is kind of kind of ties exactly into actually what you were talking about, where you are more open on the podcast format than you are in the YouTube uh, space, and that is um, kind of the the anonymity of it, um, you know, and and not necessarily obviously you're not anonymous on the podcast, but like you said, your face isn't attached to it. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's a, a a level of of detachment that that we enjoy in podcasting that you don't have in a in a visual medium, and and, and that is taken to the nth degree in 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 the comments sections in that people don't have to attach their face to it they don't have to attach their name to it any any identifying information doesn't have to be put onto it and so then you can just be 
you know, um, box killer 52 calling Jesse Dollimore uh, a cuck and you don't have any, there's no repercussions to that. Yeah. You know, the, the, the problem is one, I have kind of a policy where I don't, I don't block people. I don't, uh, I, uh, you know, unfriend. I, I don't do that. If somebody's going to do that, they can do that to me. I don't even censor comments on the Facebook. The only thing, the comments I will censor is if someone's just spamming, like, oh, click here to get involved in my sweet multi-level marketing thing. And I will fucking, yeah, you're not going to do that on my channel. It's, that's right. just spam. But, you know, you call me names, do your thing, whatever. I'm not going to censor that. But it, it is a... Uh, uh, here's an edit point for you, man, because I lost my fucking train of thought. Um, <laughs> how did you finish what you were saying? Um, the 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 anonymity of it. Oh and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's no consequences. Um, yeah, um, but the 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 interesting thing is about YouTube is these same people who act and you know the the I didn't make up the term. You've heard keyboard warrior. They act like they are like steely eyed you know battle gritted warriors and they are come on man i i never say it to them in comments because it'll make me look like a dickhole but i often want to say if you and i were sitting in a living room one chair across from one another there's not a fucking chance you'd be saying this shit to me Mm -hmm. at all and i've got a few dedicated trolls who have I've been doxxed, I've had death threats, I had to call the cops to come and, you know, figure out what the process is of of you know, seeking not protection, but some kind of, of legal remedy. And um it is. The the internet is a is a it is it encourages that kind of behavior if you have that in your heart. I don't, man. I, I'm a weird maybe, you know, it's how I was raised, it's for sure not that, but there's something going on where I'm if I say it to somebody online, it's for sure something I'd say right to their fucking their grill because like calling somebody a coward. Well, you're a coward. That is something I would, you know, but I'm, you know, kind of a dick sometimes. So <laughs> I think and, and this is where I think the interesting point of conversation comes from in this is um, that that anonymity is both a, 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 a toxic thing and a good thing you know um we we can look at things like uh the the arab spring and and um, uprisings where people are able to use the anonymity of the internet to to organize protests against tyranny sure and so i while i would never say that's where we have this 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 interesting balancing act that we have to do where do we want everything to be anonymous but at at the same time we open up like you said death threats and and you know there are people who have you know taken their lives from from the comment section and so it it's this weird balancing act that i think we all have to kind of grapple with of how much are we willing to put up with in order to also foster the good things that come from it. And it, I don't know, it's just something that I've always found really fascinating, but have never found a a good answer to, um, never come up with one myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, some things you're just going to have to take the good with the bad Mm -hmm. or the bad with the good. And I think that the, the, the internet is such a powerful tool and the democratization of, of information and, you know, you and me just being a couple of clowns who happen to have a microphone, 
reaching as many people as we reach that's that's a beautiful thing and that power exists to every single person within the sound of my voice it's i don't have some special tap in i don't have some some unique ability everybody with the means to buy you know a 20 dollar microphone and and a computer you can do this um it's a it's a beautiful thing but along with it you know with 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 you know what's the spider-man thing with with great with power, great power comes, great, comes great yeah yeah <laughs> great great power comes great responsibility and uh a lot of people aren't good about the responsibility part of it and um look people are gonna be dicks it's just human nature so suck it yeah, up I think- because uh, that's what it is on on the other on the other end of of the spectrum you know um you were you were talking about how you don't block people and you 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 intentionally uh you know don't silence people that way um and and you know i i tried to do that for a long time um i luckily i've only done it once um because it it ended up you know getting to a point where it was affecting my quality of life yeah um, no i, I get it man that sounds so lame to say because it's you know the internet but it, it was it was uh i think w- what was frustrating was it was someone who was you know a, a close friend um and someone who i considered very you know influential in my life early on you know was someone who who was he was he was a, a friend of the family who was in the military and when i was when i was going to join you know he was who i turned to for advice because you know obviously you know they said don't trust your recruiter um and so that was someone who i turned to for for advice you know on on what my future was going to be and then it turned out um he's one of those not outwardly totally racist but definitely racist people and uh, you know, I tried having conversations with him and he wasn't interested in, you know, having conversation. And so it became a point where I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. You got to go. And I just had to cut him out and it didn't feel good. I didn't like doing that because it, it, it doesn't feel like you're taking the high road, but I think it's something that once in a while has to be done. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't blame anybody who does it. In fact, I've got some friends that are that are notable and like notable in the atheist community. And they they're a little quick with the block button. And before anybody who knew the fuck I was, I was always kind of uh, like, ah, I don't know why they do that. It seems so quick to me. And then once, you know, people knew who my name, you know, more than they did before. I understood that, um, like, for instance, I'll, uh, the, the one time that I thought about doing it and Brittany was like, why, why are you doing that? I'm like, the guy, the fuck, it's my mental health. It's easy to say, just don't think about it. Well, just don't put it out of your mind. Don't think about that guy. Yeah. Once that you can't just, it's not that easy. And Brittany was like, well, look at how this is going to look to everybody else. If you block this person or you unfriend this person, they're going to think, cause they don't know the whole backstory they're going to think that you just did it on a whim or that you just freaked out. And that's why I'm even careful about how I respond to comments. Cause oftentimes I want to say, yeah, fuck you, you hillbilly, leave me alone. And people are like, Jesus, that was a uh, mm-hmm. uncalled for. It was like, yeah, but you don't know everything that's got led to this point of me freaking out. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> 
but so I don't blame because I've had the thought. I just I'm, I've been able to luckily hold hold steadfast to my 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 own personal policy of not uh, of not blocking or unfree. You know, it's it's tough. Sometimes it's real fucking tough because you get a guy who gets a little obsessive and wants to hassle you. Exactly. And, you know, and my and my posts even on Facebook are public. For the most part, I accept friend requests. I mean, if you're if your profile is super locked down or it seems a little janky, I'll fucking say no, and then you just you're a follower of mine. But I'm uh, I'm easy going on on the web, man. It's I'm it's it's uh it's the the world in which I've chosen to work and exist and live, and I'm I'm out there. So yeah, it 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 can be it, it can be difficult. I know personally, you know, I I I took you know speech and debate classes all through high school i love uh debating with people i love arguing with people i love engaging people in their ideas and going you know well how did you come to that conclusion and and where is you know your your foundation for this idea that makes you so sure of yourself um you know, because I'm constantly questioning myself, you know, I'm constantly looking at the ideas that even the ones that I think are, are a given, you know, that being things like a universal healthcare system, you know, I still take time every once in a while and go, well, is that the best way? And and I have to re-examine it. And, um, so far I've always come to the same conclusion, but you know, I'm, we're all wrong about some things. And so, uh, I'm always curious when people are so deeply entrenched in their ideas i want to engage that you know and i want to figure out how did you come to that conclusion you know ask asking my aunt well what makes you so sure that obama wasn't born in this country (laughs) right um and 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 when I, I found you know engaging in those kinds of conversations can be fruitful in some cases. Um, I've gotten you know one of one of my aunts to start kind of leaning more towards uh, supporting members of the DSA because she's so you know she was a Trump supporter by way of being so against Hillary, and so she was kind of not really a Trump supporter then at that point. And it was kind of easy to pick her off as soon as he got in office because obviously, and, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The same thing she hates. Yeah. The same thing she hates about Hillary Clinton. She should be loathing about Donald Trump. I mean, it's fucking part and parcel, man. It's the same, same shit. Exactly. And so that's what I did. I I told her, you know, I'm like, well, if you're, if you're tired of both of these parties and you're tired of what both of these people are doing, why don't you try supporting your local DSA members? You know, they're not, uh, they don't have a bunch of corporate money backing them. Um, and, and she kind of started looking into it. And so those conversations can be fruitful, but then at the same time, like, like with this one, you know, this one person that I, that I, that I, I blocked the only one that I've ever had to, it got to the point where I had to flat out say, you know, what I think about you is I think you're a racist I think you don't think you're a racist and I think that's a problem. I think you need to take a good hard look at the things that you're saying, the conclusions that you're coming to, why you're coming to the conclusions that you are and why you assume these things about people. Um, 
and he wasn't interested in having any kind of conversation. And, you know, at that point it had become kind of a scorched earth thing. I don't think uh, a comment like that is one that is necessarily fruitful for, for lively conversation at that point. But, um, yeah, you know, you, you really have to be, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not get what I'm getting ready to say that I think you are, uh, you and, and, and my, my, my podcast partner, Brittany are, um, they you seem to be skilled tacticians, of of the facebook discussion or 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 argument quoting i use that loosely um i'm not that i get real (laughs) frustrated real fucking quick and there are ways to dismantle an argument really getting to the base of it but you know another thing is 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 you can't use rationality and evidence on someone in an argument on someone who doesn't value those things you know Mm -hmm. if if there's no evidentiary standard for for obama having been fucking born in america for your aunt you're you're, that's a that's a you're it's gonna you're beating your head against a wall man because there's no evidence you can provide it's like these conspiracy theorists that as soon as you poke a hole in the argument they say oh well you see the reason we don't know about the reason that doesn't make sense is because it's all part of the conspiracy and you're falling prey to it, you see? Like, All right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, 9-11 was an inside job. Fucking good for you. Ugh. Well, my goal, my goal with the whole thing has always been, you know, uh, and I think you understand um, the political climate of, of Idaho um, shifting, granted, uh, in at least the Nampa, Boise area, it's definitely starting to shift. I think one of the districts almost went to Hillary in this last election. Um, but the politics here is still very right wing. And so what, what my goal is, you know, when, when engaging with the most extreme of my family members, I know I'm not going to do anything for them. You know, they, they live on a steady diet of Fox news, uh, Breitbart articles and, and info wars. So there's nothing going to be done there. Yeah. But I have other members of my family who are, the problem is the climate there in Idaho. I don't mean the weather, but the political climate there is, for instance, my, my parents call people rhinos, Republican in name only type mm-hmm. people, who, who would be like white nationalist types here in California. People they're calling rhinos are at the far extreme of the right political spectrum. So it's so wacky there, man. I mean, when they're calling Butch Otter a rhino, and Lawrence <laughs> Wasden. Right, come on, Little Brad Little, uh, who I believe is a lieutenant governor now. Come on, goddamn, that's get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my goal my goal in these discussions though is not to not to convert them. Like I said, they're and this sounds cynical, but a lost cause. You know, they're yeah. you're you're not doing anything to to change somebody's opinion when they're that far gone, but. If I can get family members who are not that far gone to see these discussions yes. that I'm having and go, oh, wait a second, you know, 
maybe Stacy doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about and and then um you know engage in that kind of kind of discussion you know i i had a family member who posted about um the the uh oh shit what was it the dakota access pipeline Mm -hmm. and talking about how disgusting it was what the what the police force was doing out there and i said well you know you're kind of backing trump what the fuck do you think he's gonna do when he get in i guarantee you a hundred percent that he's going to approve that yeah and she said well you can't prove that you know he hasn't said anything about it i'm like i don't need to prove it i can tell you because i am much more and this is where i i i can tend to get a little bit cocky sometimes with with people who i know are not as engaged as me you know i just i i know for a fact because i breathe this i I breathe this shit every day you know i read this as soon as i wake up until i fall asleep i promise you he's gonna approve it and she didn't you know she didn't buy it and and then what like maybe two months after the election where uh after he's sworn in and she's like i can't believe that he did this and i can um that's when you need to stick a pen in it get a screenshot and then come back later and toot your own horn right but that's not constructive at all well no it's not (laughs) well it's not but it's also maybe we'll give you a little street cred a little comment cred next time we are like well remember this time but but i wanted to pivot here i'm glad we're here because you said something that is beautiful and gets overlooked a lot of times when people talk about facebook arguments or discussions and I'm glad you recognized it because it's something that Brittany is a, a fucking genius at. Because she understands that not only you continuing to, to, to be civil, but just your overall tone and relentlessness is good because not for the person with whom you're directly discussing something, but because countless times, and I say countless because I have no idea how many, it's been so many times, people have messaged Brittany and said, thank you for that. I witnessed that. I was watching that go down and you changed my mind about X or you swayed me on Y. You were making a lot of sense about Z, whatever it is. It could be super impactful for people who are watching and not engaged and not actively um, participating. So that's that's an awesome point, Chris. I, I appreciate you saying that. Well, thank you. It, it, it is, I think... Um because I was one of those people, you know, I was a fence sitter for a while. Um, and you know, I, I grew up in a, a kind of interesting situation. My parents were separated. You know, my mom, like I said, died in the wool Democrat. Um, we grew up, I grew up believing all those things, but my dad is this kind of weird position where he definitely supports Democrats, but he is also, kind of soft level racist at the same time um and and so it 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 was a weird it was a weird thing to grow up around um and something that i'm still coming to terms with now as an adult um that 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 was who he was um so so i i i kind of was always a little bit on the fence on some things you know i i thought uh i i grew up with that uh the, the the trope of oh why do you have to press one that kind of stuff yeah um, no me too man me too and 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 the weird thing is you know the other half of my family is is mexican and so it was just it it was a weird position to grow up in um and i think 
it, it helped me kind of, uh, you know, start to form these opinions. And then, you know, I, I credit my debate coach for all of my uh, political clout because she was someone who would do these same things. She would go, well, why do you have that belief? How did you come to that conclusion? Uh, walk me through it. And then uh, would, you know, she would help us kind of navigate from there where we were going and that's how we had someone who uh you know grew up on glenn beck ending up uh driving out to uh, uh other states to canvas for bernie sanders um yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's yeah it's weird stuff i think you know people can people can change if you're willing to put in the work and well, listen where it, i think it, a lot it, of people drop if I didn't think that it was possible for people to, well, one, I know it's possible because I have changed. I don't oh, right. hold the same opinions I held 10 years ago. <laughs> Fuck, I don't ha- hold the same opinions I held two years ago. But if I didn't think people could change, and if you didn't think that, then why the fuck are we doing what we're doing? Certainly, we believe that people can change because we're in the business of changing hearts and minds, whether that be through entertainment or infotainment, as it were, or, or Facebook debates. We, mm-hmm. we are in a larger global community. We should all love one another and care about each other. And if you're to the point where you're writing everybody off and fuck them, I don't care what they think. That's the problem with you, not with the rest of the world. That statement, I was hoping we'd have something like that because I always like to end my show on a, on a high note and on a good note. And that's a damn good note to end the show on. Um, we're coming right. up on an hour here. Um, so that's perfect. Glad to oblige. I am happy <laughs> to oblige. So the last thing that I like to do with all of my guests, you know, is I like to, I like to have my guests uh, let the listeners know, you know, if they're, if they're interested in anything that they've heard here, if they want to reach out to you or if they want to hear more of your content, uh, where they would go to do those things. Uh, my podcast can be found at dollamore.com. That's D-O-L-L-E. M-O-R-E dot com. Uh, my YouTube channel is by the same name. Just if you Google Jesse Dollamore, <laughs> there, uh, there will be plenty of links to, to follow. All right. Awesome. And we will have that link in the show notes as well. I know I have had trouble spelling it sometimes. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, I want to I want to thank you for for taking time out of your day uh, to come on the show. Um, I, I had a great I had a great I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great conversation. And I yeah, me too, man. I, I'm glad we, we tried to work it out one other time before. And there was some technical bullshit that I couldn't wade through. So uh, it's good to be here. And uh, I enjoy what you do. I've listened to a few. I listened to one with uh, your your wacky tag team couple about health care and uh <laughs> Uh, you're 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 doing good work that was one of my favorites i actually loved doing that episode so much we were supposed to go and now we're going to go a little over but that's okay we were supposed to go 45 minutes and that ended up being a two-part episode because we went over two hours yeah Um, i love having people on that i disagree with that are willing to be civil because i think those are some of the most fruitful conversations that you can have um and and that one was great and i'm trying to find more it's kind of difficult to find uh right-leaning shows that aren't really out there <laughs> um yeah yeah but i mean people would say that same thing about the left so uh 
they, they do about me frequently. I, I understand. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, thanks again. All right, Chris. Thank you. That does it for this week's episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on whatever app you're using to listen so you don't miss a single episode. If you like anything you've heard today, links, as always, are in the show notes. If you have someone you'd like to hear on the show, email us at suggestions at thepodcastingcouch.com and we'll reach out. As always, this is The Podcasting Couch. I'm Chris Carlson. Be decent. The Podcasting Couch is executive produced by Sirenicide and is completely listener-funded. To contribute to the show and help us bring you new shows every week, visit www.patreon.com slash thepodcastingcouch and become a producer. Be decent.